That's it. We're recording. This is it. Yes, this is the one to yell about, is what I was saying. I want to make sure my volume is all the way up so we can scream about <laughs> the Francis joy that was Nomadland. I'm sorry to in- introduce the introduce the podcast. Hi, I'm your host, <laughs> Dan Wilbur. Yes, it is one to scream about. Uh, I'll see you on the other side. I see you on the other side. Did you listen to an episode? Did you hear what we do? We uh, we all We all heard it. You gave me too much homework. I listened to the Kitchen Sisters. I to that too. Uh, and then, and then I know that the banter is brief. They yell about directors, yell about the plot, yell about the acting, but they also talk a lot. But mostly Josh and Cassie, yeah, about the movies. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, I want to stop and give a quick shout out. To our sponsor today, it's Sweet Heat Chocolates. It's a specialty shop in the village of Greendale, Wisconsin. They specialize in high-end chocolates using the world's spiciest peppers. Not for the faint of heart, guys. Founded about six years ago, it was one of the first shops in the whole country of its kind. And now it's in such high demand that they actually provide shipping to all over the world. The owner actually told me he sent out a shipping to Australia a couple weeks ago. So, yeah, they're in pretty high demand. If you want more info, you can visit their website. It's sweetheatchocolates.com. Thanks for listening. Now let's get back to our show. Hello. Welcome to Josh and Cassie Yell About Movies. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Yes, I'm Josh, a freelance entertainment journalist. I often interview celebrities from my parents' house and talk about movies. And today, uh, along with Cassie... Yeah, I'm here too. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, d- <laughs> normally you say, what you know, after I'm a free... Anyway, so... Um, did you have, do you have a title worked out yet, Cassie? No, Josh, I don't have a title worked out. I don't have anything worked out. <laughs> I'll let you know when I have my life together. Awesome. And we have a special guest today, Dan Wilbur. Of hi. Better, hi. Hi, of Better Book Titles, popular video game YouTube videos, and a comedian <laughs> I've known in New York for, for 12 years. When I met Dan, he was promoting his show outside in New York uh-huh. City. I was happy he was actually promoting his own show, because before that, I'd just moved to New York, and I'd seen a bunch of guys promoting comedy shows that they were not performing in and i assume they were comedians and so dan was the first person i've seen do that still to this day outside not in front of the venue he's in because people still like go outside in front of the venue that they're at and invite people to come to the show but dan was the first one i've seen do that everybody welcome dan wilbur hello yes flyer nice flyer extraordinaire hi it's nice to meet you cassie <laughs> this is great I uh yeah, I, I'll go, I'll ruin anybody's day in any locale in New York. You think you're safe at Smorgasburg. No one's going to try to flyer you for a show. You can walk you 5 feet in any yeah. direction and something will ruin your day. <laughs> yeah, someone'll ruin it with a flyer with my face <laughs> on it. I said, "Dan, you're away from New York right now." I'm away from New York. I'm on the other side of the state. Wow. What's that like? You know, it's p- perfect. You know? I keep forgetting. Every time I go back to New York, I'm like, I got to get back there. I, I, I'm so bored out here. And then I go to New York and I'm like, wow, nothing's going on. <laughs> so, I, so every time I've come back and I, I it's only it's been sparingly because I don't want to spread yeah. COVID. Yep. But I occasionally have to go back and I'll be back when I'm fully immune. 
Exactly. I was just back there the other day for a funeral and called a few people to see if there's any mics going on. And everybody's like, nope, not coming out. I was like, no, nope. why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, I know. Why would you ruin New York with comedy right now? <laughs> the the only thing to do in New like, York. None of my friends want to hang out. And I'm like, yeah, we're, yeah. we're not really there yet. <laughs> yeah. There's only one reason to go back to New York, and it's to see your primary care physician and then have a socially distant walk through a park that you end early because you're like, I just really, I forgot how to socialize, so I got to go home. That's it. You shouldn't be hosting shows or going to, uh, certainly not an open mic. Not yet. We're getting there. Which which is the last thing I did in New York, though, by the way. Like, not not this time, but I mean the last thing before we all went on lockdown, I did the Halyards open mic, and people were talking about how it was not worth it to do it. (laughs) And then we all went home, and we're like, I think we're going to die. That was just about a year ago today, I think. Just about. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we're talking about a movie today. Cassie, what is it? We're talking about the movie Nomadland. And Dan, you picked this movie for us, right? Well, my mom picked it. Your mom picked it. My mom <laughs> said, you got to see Nomadland. Okay. She said, she said, Fern McDormand is in it and uh, you got to see it. She wasn't, she wasn't far off because they did sort of base the character on Fran, sis. Right, yeah. I'm calling her Fran because yeah. we're on a first name basis. Yeah. Franny, you know. Yeah. Franny. Franny girl. Mm-hmm. Franny yeah. from the block. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, just an upbeat, you know, feel-good film. So sweet, right? Just, nice yeah. just little fun. film. <laughs> Nonstop, yeah. <laughs> Nonstop laughs. Uh-huh. Just uh, a great... I mean, can we just? Can I just start talking about it? Cause yeah, let's do, do the, it. You're going to do the recap. There's really no rules. We just kind of go. I would say the most surprising thing to me is the... The fact that it is about if you, if you're just joining us, it's a it's a slice of life of what America is to people who live in their vans. And I really liked and appreciated that although it's trying to say like this is the depiction of America that we want to put forward, there is a lot of nuance to how many different kinds of people are out in their vans because there were a couple people who seemed to be there by choice and a couple people who seemed to be there. Not by choice at all. It seems, especially now watching it during COVID where everyone's like, we're all in this together. I feel like my main takeaway was like, we are, in fact, a country full of decent people, but we are not all in the same boat. Like some of us are in a van and some of us are in a van shitting in a bucket because we have to. Yeah, that was weird. I didn't need that. That wasn't necessary. (laughs) Yeah. And some of us are, you know... Like what stands out to me is there's a woman talking about how she was in corporate America and she hit the road because she couldn't take the rat race anymore. And I'm like, right, that's the romantic ideal of buying a van and not having a roof over your head anymore is you're going to bivouac your way through life. Is that the word? What now? Bivouac (laughs) Bivouac is like uncovered uh, sleeping. Listen, I'll go. I'll leave. That's uh, (laughs) that's that's great. Uh, Thank you. Thanks, Dan, for all that. That was excellent. My takeaway was that this could happen to anyone. Like, uh, you, yeah. you see her, like, working at the Lowe's after pulling an all-nighter at Amazon, and her friend is like, oh, we're so worried about you. But then she leaves, and her daughter's there, and she talks about how she used to tutor her. She was married. She had a job. She had a life. She didn't mean for this to happen. She had a town. She had she a, had a town. town. Yeah. yeah. Nothing. But, um, yeah. I mean, 
It's funny now. I'm laughing about it now, but when I was watching this, you guys, like, I felt like my heart had been ripped out of my chest. I mean, it, it, <laughs> was, it was heartbreaking, uh, truly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, this woman lost everything, her husband, her job, her home, her everything. I think her loss was so great that it kept her from wanting to make any connections ever again. You saw it with the the man that she met later on, David was a really nice man. Even something small as when the woman offered the dog who needed a home, right? And she didn't oh my know God. Oh, yeah. with the dog. You know what I mean? Wow. She was like, no, no, no. Like, I, I, she was so hurt and so damaged that I feel like she really just wanted to run away. And that yeah. was never reconciled. There was no, you know, it wasn't really a happy ending. You're right. We just get like a snapshot of her life and we don't really know where it's going to end. She just hits the road and, and that's it. We're just getting a little piece of what's going on here. It just, it's very sad. It was heartbreaking to me. I, I feel like she should have handled a grief like we do now where you create an entire fictional town and populate everyone in it. Right. Uh, to deal with your loss. That's what I think. Right. Yep. And if you don't like them, you just throw them out, throw them through yeah. the force field. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> this is WandaVision. Man, what is grief but your van that. persevering? That's all right. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> there were two things that stood out to me just now from you talking. One is like, I was very curious about Amazon's, like, are they going to get sued for showing what it's like to be a seasonal worker at Amazon? They're clearly in a Amazon space. Well, I'm sure right? they had permission. <laughs> I know, but if you once you get permission for a movie like that, and they're like, "Yeah, we just want to have an honest depiction of people who work in your warehouse," I'm sure someone from Amazon was there to make sure the the tape looked right and mm-hmm. and the bubble wrap, and then they just forgot to mention like, "Oh yeah, we're depicting this as like as brutally honest as we can that seasonal workers don't have homes." Thank you, Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> like, I really wonder how, how much they knew. They must have read the script first. Yeah. And now that you talk about it like that, I, I re- obviously they don't have homes, but I'm reminded of this old documentary I saw called Iron Crows about some migrant workers taking apart the hull of an abandoned ship out in the Middle East somewhere. I can't remember. And they lived in the small village just next to the ship, just going to work, sleeping, going to work. That was it. Yeah. And, you know, there were these people that, there were people that RV'd on the Google campus, you know? It's not like uh That's another reason that this movie is, like, a great depiction of class, is that, like, mm-hmm. some of those Amazon... Like, even the woman that meets her in the store saying, hey, you still doing the Amazon thing? They clearly know each other from working at the Amazon factory. Yeah. I mean, the warehouse. And she's got two kids and probably lives in a home. Yeah. But she still works there seasonally because, you know, it's a job. And then for other people, it's like... This is my last, the last string I'm holding on to for income. Yeah. Yeah. Question. Do you guys remember the movie Nebraska? Do you remember when that oh, came yeah. out? Oh, yeah. Love it. Yes. Yes. I was living in Nebraska when Nebraska came out. Fun fact. Yeah. Wow. I watched Nebraska in the theater in Nebraska. But this movie reminded me a lot of that movie. And I think it's because so many of the, the side players, the actors were just really like real people. I mean, they really did use real people they in did. this film and they did that with nebraska too i think they they just got people from small towns to audition and i thought that was really cool about this movie i mean these were nomads these are people who really are nomads in real life mm-hmm. um yeah and they were amazing the the woman swanky swanky was that her swanky. name 
And that's her real name, too. Uh, thankfully, you know, in the movie, she passes away. She's alive and well in real life. But, I mean, I thought she was incredible for not being mm-hmm. a professional actress. Yeah. What did you guys think about that? I thought that this movie, just in case someone's listening to this before they see it, that the difference between this movie and Nebraska is that this movie has no real message. Or it's not like... <laughs> It's not spelled out for you necessarily. Like this is something closer to boyhood than it is to where it's sort of like partially fiction, partially documentary. Yeah, that's true. Um, Yeah. Versus Nebraska, which actually has like a a plot story and an unraveling (laughs) of of like they have a we have to get to the place to do the thing. And then there's even like Will Forte getting to grandstand and say, you shouldn't take advantage of old people. You know, it's almost like a, a Capra film compared to this bleak. Yeah. Me- <laughs> like, I, I need connections between like how real oh, I'm, people were. I'm not correcting you. I'm saying that like. Stop arguing with when, me. I just remember I when I. talking about. That I watched Nebraska and I remember being like, wow, I am bummed out. And then I watched this movie and I was like, man, Nebraska's a Disney film <laughs> compared to this shit. <laughs> so, uh, that's, so, all I, that's all I mean. I appreciate that. Thank Cassie, did it make you want to sit around a campfire and tell old stories about people? Not at all. I've never wanted to do that less, <laughs> honestly. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's interesting because living out of a van is kind of like a cutesy thing now. There's YouTube channels and, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of glamorized now. My mom lo- like has, watches a woman who has a YouTube channel that just like <laughs> lives out van of life. a car and... It's hashtag van life. Yeah, it's that's, it's that's kind of it becoming a thing. And I was thinking, I could see Josh wanting to do something like that. <laughs> Am I wrong, Dan? I, Josh, you. I mean, I could see you enjoying something like that. And I mean yeah. that as a compliment. You you just seem like a free spirit. I could see you wanting to just like take off in a van and just like hitting the road. Uh, I definitely it, would. Isn't that like another? <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead, ahead. Dad, Go ahead. Oh, I wanted to hear the answer to that. I know. Me too. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'd like to hit the road, but I would probably stop before I was uh, crapping in a bucket. That's the, yeah. yeah. So I would, you know. I think it's terrific how, as much as I just said that it's a complete bummer, mm-hmm. there are moments where there, I mean, clearly there's like a love of nature and how, just how big the country is yeah. and that their social connections are a little stronger than say like the home dwelling people who just have their families and sort of isolate. Yeah. And so I don't think that it's all doom and gloom and especially that I love that they sort of gave space to allow you to accept that some of those people are there as a choice Mm -hmm. and that it's not just their pride like, oh, I don't want to live off my sister's income and live in her house, but that there is like a a need to be on the road and sing. It seemed like a lot of the people there had suffered some kind of great loss too which Mm -hmm. is very sad Mm -hmm. and the fact that she was holding on to like her grandmother's plate and then david her friend drops it and then the the whole thing where she glues it back together was like a metaphor for her whole life you know just Mm -hmm. trying to hold on to every little last thing yeah and she was really she didn't have much but she was so proud of what she did have too but anyway back to (laughs) back to pooping in a bucket <laughs> I thought there was going to be something more to that. I thought it was going to be she was getting sick, like she was getting ill, or oh yeah. Why did that? Like, why did we need that for real though? Like, why? Because because it didn't go anywhere. I did. Were we just supposed to? It was just letting us know like how simply she was really living. That like, like oh, this is what she needs. 
I, See, I just think it was part of how they didn't hold anything back. Like, she slept in a van when it was freezing outside, and the lady was like, well, there's a bed over here. She's like, nope, I'm good. Yeah. I'll just huddle in my blankets. Uh, and Yeah, like, I, wonder, I wonder how much is, like, influenced by dumber movies. Like, someone coughs, and then you're like, well, they have COVID. Here it comes. And then they're like, no, actually, I have I have brain cancer. I... <laughs> Because then she went to talk to Swanky, and, and Swanky was like, oh, I'm dizzy. I'm not feeling too good. And I was like, oh, they're uh-huh. all sick or something like that. I know. You know I was mean? very worried I, well, because <laughs> this movie was made during this. This is a COVID movie, right? I mean, I'm not sure about the production. I know the writing isn't. Maybe it was a year before that, but I feel like when they were making the film, we're in. I think it might have been filmed pre-COVID, actually. You think it was pre-COVID? All right. Well, I, then, I read 2019. I'll... All right. Well, that's even more prescient then. Yeah. Because <laughs> it knew, like, that's not something I would think of when I go into my romantic ideas about what I'm going to do when I live in my van and, and yeah. don't pay rent anywhere. I'm not like, oh, and how will I see a doctor? I'm not thinking about it. I'm thinking about, like, oh, where will I get my Wi Fi? You, you might be thinking about it if you're coming home from your third job at the Rock Depot. Yeah, that's true. I'm breaking rocks for money. Yeah. I was thinking of the... I wasn't thinking of shitting in a bucket. I was thinking of the... It's never crossed my mind, personally. That's going to be the title of this episode, isn't it? Shitting in a bucket. We all get together and shit in a bucket. Yeah, I, I think it's about showing how not glamorous it is. And that's that's where she's coming from. It's a really honest movie, and like half of it's about loneliness and mm-hmm. boredom, <laughs> doing puzzles at the laundromat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but but yeah, but I liked how hard earned those little moments of laughter were for her. You know, like mm-hmm. everything's sad. She's looking at pictures, and the next thing you know, she's laughing at Swanky over some ridiculous thing, or her her other friend at the mm-hmm. the RV camper job where they were just like sort of running the park and. Yeah, those. The, I mean, that felt more real because it was hard earned. Because <laughs> would you be laughing living like that? I don't know. I guess you just have to find find joy uh, in situations like that. Well, there's almost. I mean, just to take this as bleak as we can go, there is a setup that, like, the two doors that are open to Fran Fern the whole movie are one is Swanky has said, you know, you could always kill yourself. I have this book by Dr. Kevorkian <laughs> yes. on like the nicest ways to kill yourself. And then on the other end, there's like her sister who basically treats her like a, I mean, she's treating her like family, but is also treating her the way that like Lewin Davis gets treated by the jazz freaks that she's like almost a sideshow when her sister says, uh, yeah. I think she's like a pioneer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're like, well, isn't that a nice tweet, Look at her, sister? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, so those are the two doors that are open to her. She can either kill herself or she can go live a normal life with a normal dude in a normal house. And or she could just keep going on the road like she is, and and maybe that's the only life that's right for her at this moment. Yeah. Uh, so right before I, right before her sister said that, didn't didn't it make you so mad how her friends were were talking about oh making money in real estate? You got to buy low and sell high, and you know she was like, well actually, yeah, that was well, actually, yeah, yeah. Well, th- was that a reference to? I thought they were being paid to live in Empire. Rather than have a mortgage, I don't think any of those people had mortgages. I, I wasn't sure because it, it kept everything skipped time. Like the beginning of the movie, it was Christmas. Yeah, then it was New Year's. Then it was Thanksgiving. So there yeah. was, it was, it was right. Yeah, 
Yeah, I like those little benchmarks for mm-hmm. how we got through a whole year, and she's been all over the country. It didn't make me mad because I live in Brooklyn, and I have Zillow, and so I know the truth, which is that, yes, I should have bought my last apartment when I had the chance, when it was like a pittance, you know? I should have gone into debt because the market was only going up, and as long as I had sold it before COVID hit, I wouldn't be on this podcast right now. Yeah. Come I'd be on, on a now. beach. Wait, so what is I'd be in a different a house. Brooklyn. What is a pittance in Brooklyn? I'm just curious. Oh my god. There was an yeah. a, the apartment that I lived in was available for $100,000. What? Which if you were going to take out a mortgage on $100,000, it would be like less than what I paid in rent oh to the god. person who owned the damn thing. Yeah. And then we got kicked out of it because she sold it for drum roll please. <laughs> Four four hundred thousand dollars. So that person made three hundred thousand dollars to let me live in her apartment. <laughs> That's what happened. And I and like a rube, I paid rent. And all I had to do and that was a year and a half or two years of time. Ugh, I'm angry right now. So when those when those elitist men were speaking, I agreed. Oh. I was I was you like they are right. You and Fern have had equally yeah. difficult plights in life. That is wow. That's <sighs> now you're making me think about my my former roommate, whose old roommate is uh, trying to squat in his rent controlled house and not tell yeah. the landlord that his roommate's dead. He died. Oh yeah. Jeez. Guys, this is why I live alone. It's so much easier. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Wait, but that—that that was the point of the whole movie. Oh, everybody was <laughs> oh, leaving yeah. her. Just, maybe maybe like, I'm more th- like like Fern than I thought. <laughs> maybe three quarters of the way through the movie, just all her friends are leaving, and then you see her like her in a bar by herself, just walking by herself, and there's that sad music. By the way, the music was like its own character in this film. I oh, loved I the score. I thought the score was beautiful, actually. I will say that. Yeah, I think you need a score like that if half the movie is your main character looking at stuff. And walking, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's my only problem with the walking movie is I'm like, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of, uh, they're just looking at those hills. <laughs> and it was Wistfully. beautiful. Like, some of the shots were so beautiful. Did you guys think it kind of dragged in the middle? I thought it was really strong starting off, and I was like, this is going to be like a solid, you know, nine out of ten for me, because, like, nothing's, a t- I don't think a ten exists, like, in life or movies or anything, but... Really started to drag. Yes, Josh. There's no such thing as a perfect ten. Come on. <laughs> it really started to drag, and it did pick up at the end. But gosh, I really was having a hard time focusing during the during was, the. Was this during the time that she was on a golf cart with a friend and said, "We'd be the bitches of the Badlands"? Yeah. See, I I don't even remember that because I'm thinking about how I was hungry and wanted something to eat. Like, because I couldn't I couldn't pay attention. I remember a scene where they, I believe, were sitting in a bar hanging out at a bar, and I was like, this is really starting to drag. Yeah, I definitely felt the same way. But, you know, I got to be honest, I sort of felt that way from the beginning. Okay. (laughs) As soon as it started, I was like, oh, I see what I'm getting into. Okay. Like, I I, I understand, because it doesn't have... I was comparing it, because I watched this with my fiancé, and we were comparing it to a movie, a, a, a plot of which I could not remember any I said that all backwards. Thank you, ancient Greek, uh, for ruining my brain. Okay, <laughs> so there was a, a Soderbergh movie called Bubble, which is about a bunch of people working in a plastic doll factory. And I'm saying the first half hour of this movie is 
exactly like Nomadland. You're just seeing the way people live who work in a factory that makes dolls. And then something turns where you're like, is one of these people a murderer? And you have to like (laughs) sort that out for yourself. And I know that it's apples and oranges because this movie is, again, more along the lines of something like Boyhood, where it's like, Mm -hmm. am I watching a documentary? Is this just a a biography? Is it a personal story? And and thank you for sending that podcast. People should listen to it because it it does give some insights that that Fran is more influenced by. I mean, Fern is more influenced by Francis McDormand than than any of the real people from this book or movie. Yeah. I mean, book or research that they did. And so, in my mind, you just have to be ready for this thing to drag because it's not a it's not a convent it's it's weirdly an experimental film when you yeah. think about it. <laughs> Even if you were just going to show a plot a plotted film of the way it is to work in an Amazon warehouse. And there was nothing else to the movie. There was no van life. There was nothing else. It was just going to be, here's a day in the life of someone who works at Amazon. Even hearing me say that out loud, I'm like, that sounds really boring. <laughs> and I don't want to watch that. There better be a murder halfway through, like in that Soderbergh movie. Mm-hmm. I was actually thinking uh, this whole the whole time, like, is something bad going to happen to her? Weren't you guys thinking that? Yeah, I was waiting. I mean, once they set up suicide... And the plates are breaking and there's uh, uh, you can come live here. Like, I already knew she wasn't going to accept come live here from anybody. They pretty well established that. But yes, once she starts sneezing, <laughs> once she start, once people are dying. Yeah. And yeah. There, there was just a definite moment of us like, she got to do something to turn it around. And then she's just looking off into the ocean right after a friend talked about suicide. And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm not ready for this. Here and then she just sort of like didn't do it. And I was like, oh, they do they know what they're presenting to the audience? I think they knew what they were doing. Yeah. But I was like, you realize like if, if somebody talks, if a character talks about suicide for five minutes and then you show someone off by the rocks well, near the sea. She was contemplating it. You know, we didn't know her. I, her, her I don't think, I really don't think it was earned. I was thinking this, that. I was thinking that. I was like, oh, is, is this about suicide? And then she's sort of smiling and laughing and enjoying the breeze. And I'm like, I feel like they just shot this out of order. And they were just like, let's have uh, Francis run around by the beach again. I don't know. I mean, she was, she was going through a very complicated time in her life. I'm sure she was going through a lot of emotions. She's still grieving her husband. But then she's standing watch. Yeah, she's standing by the ocean watching the waves. And maybe she's missing her husband. And then she all of a sudden has a flash of a memory of something funny he said. And it makes her smile. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 liked, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. As soon as someone opens the window to be like, do you think this movie dragged? And I'm like, every movie, literally every movie drags second act. You better have a great third act. I liked, I mean, I liked the the silence. Like, it was such a quiet movie, but I did like the silence. Yeah. There was a lot that could be read in the, the facial expressions, and you kind of had to interpret what, what you thought was going on in her mind. And I think she was very conflicted. You know, she was depressed, but then also finding, yeah. like, moments of joy and connection with oh and it's got a hopeful ending i mean it's got a kind of it hasn't kind of the ending is literally like you will meet all those people yeah there is an afterlife there is an afterlife don't worry literally that is the that's why it's like i don't think a lot of it's earned (laughs) 
<laughs> I didn't hate the movie. I'm just like, I got to the end and I was like, ah, oh, okay. Well, I don't believe in any of that. So this was another waste of time with me. <laughs> wow. I guess I won't be seeing you down the road, Dan. <laughs> no, no, you won't. And I feel like that should be, listen, I think there's two ways to go if you're going to live in your van. And it's, it's either like, oh, there must be something more to life or there's nothing and I'm just reading Nietzsche in my car, and the word is yes. You got to soak it up while you can, because once you die, that's it. Yep. So you got to make danger your calling, mm-hmm. yep. and jump off those rocks. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm just a broken down piece of meat. I was thinking of the wrestler uh, too, how he lived in his van and those old. Oh my god! <laughs> Speaking of other movies that have a just a great plot compared, <laughs> yes. just. I, I feel bad because I'm I really did not like hate this movie. I, I thought it was, <laughs> I was good. Say, and I, I, I actually but, I I came in here really wanting to rave about it and I feel we just like we just keep crapping all over it. But <laughs> Well, it's just half documentary. I mean it's just an experiment. Yes. Like if you watch this movie and you're like, Yeah, it's gonna be as deep and moving as the wrestler. Or it's gonna be as deep and moving as the other well, I never saw the wrestler stuff we've so meant I- uh, uh, like Nebraska. Nebraska has such a a melodramatic yeah. heart to it. Yeah. It, about yeah, uh, I agree. Spouses and history, you know, love and yeah. what does it mean and what is the hometown and mm-hmm. and this is a, the bleakest once once you establish in the epigraph of the film that a town no longer exists. Uh-huh. The, uh-huh. the zip code no longer exists, and this rarely happens anywhere, except for that town in Pennsylvania that has a coal fire burning underneath it, and everybody had to leave. <laughs> Once you're, that's where the movie started. Yeah, I mean, I'm supposed to lot, yell about the right? movies, right? Yeah, no, I think I think you did that. Yeah, this isn't made up. This actually happened to people in yeah. a real people yes. in a real town. I mean, have a little empathy, Dan. <laughs> I have no empathy for trying to tack on niceties to something that is truly bleak and devastating, which is living in America sucks for mm, 40% of the population. So you wanted the movie to be a little more heavy handed with his messaging then? I don't think. No, I, I, I feel like everything I've said w- was correct, which is that there are moments of levity. There are moments where she's just bored in a laundromat and you only have to see it for five seconds for them to establish like she is lonely now and she had a chance to not be lonely and that is plot and character and revealing of who fern is there there are many things going for it i mean i was happy that she hugged the guy who runs the place where she's storing her stuff can you imagine as a new yorker like (laughs) Even even saying thank you to the person, <laughs> like I'm just such a I'm finding out that I'm a rude person who lives a shallow life. That's what I learned from this film. And then on top of it, I'm like, yes, but people shouldn't have to live like that either. Is all I could think what about. What did you do at the end of the film, though? She got rid of her husband's stuff, right? So it's a little bit of closure there, a little bit of movement, sure, right? Once again just feels like an oprification of an otherwise bleak film i thought it was gonna end when she like or did end like she's like oh i I love that house i just had nothing but desert out there it was so nice i felt free and then she goes back and it's dead it looks like fallout 
the video game. Yes. It's just devastation, economic devastation, and it's what we <laughs> did to people in this country. And uh, I feel like the mid-90s, you know, I just watched Tommy Boy. There you go. That's about economic devastation. They made it funny, and it's a plot, and it's just not funny anymore. Yeah. We're, 40, we're 30 years removed from the the tertiary capitalism that ate this country's middle class and if you're gonna make a movie about it it better be bleak as hell I, I, it better be s- devastating it better be like was, dancer in the dark i thought it was bleak as hell no. I cried it was bleak as hell until the minutes. third until the last 10 minutes it was very bleak um, and honest and shitting in a bucket so you're saying those half a million brake pads didn't help anybody no no, it was a it was a patch on the tire, so to speak. The company's uh, been bought and the town has been ruined. Cassie, you did say you wanted to come in talking about how great the movie was. Is there anything that you didn't you didn't say that you wanted to talk about how great it was? You know, when she showed up at David's family's house and they were so welcoming to her. And they really wanted her to stay. And they were like, you know, David's so so glad that you're here. And I would say normally when I'm watching a film, I'm not the kind of person who who wants the woman to settle and stay (laughs) stay with the guy, right? I'll be like, no, no, go do your thing, right? But in this case, I really felt like she was fighting something that would have been really good. And I was very sad that she, and again, I don't necessarily think it was the right thing for her to do yeah. I think she was just running away and that made me really sad yeah mm-hmm. yeah once she's once she's holding a baby and <laughs> it's devastating it's it's a devastating film it's it's it not yeah. to be discounted in any way i even love the way all of that was shot because when you get to the house mm-hmm. you're like relieved yeah <laughs> relieved that they're like man that looks like a nice house uh-huh. oh that looks like a great thanksgiving dinner oh my god thank god we stopped you know it's like going on a long hike and then you're like finally back and you can shower yeah, and we're playing oh my gosh yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you're not wrong it's devastating mm-hmm. now you're reminding me of how excited they got when they were looking at the rvs and they were like this one has a washer and dryer yeah. oh my god that was great mm-hmm. and how much better their lives would be if they had like pitched in and just all lived in it yeah. i know Hotwired Oof. it. Just stolen it. Yeah, Hotwired just stolen it. <laughs> well, that's the only way now. That would have been a totally different film and then started uh, selling meth out of the, the RV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay, is it time for final thoughts? What do you guys think? Sure. I, think like, sure. I don't know. I don't know what my final thoughts are. <laughs> no well, thoughts. I, all right. Well, I, th- I guess we kind of did Why those. don't you start? Why don't you start? Um, I'll, I'll see if I have, if it jogs something. Did you? Well, we didn't talk about Bob at all. Bob, the sort of nomad old man priest or whatever you want to call him. Out is in the he desert. a real guy? He is. Uh, in the Kitchen Sisters episode, shout out to the Kitchen Sisters, by the way. Um, he has a, a YouTube page and he really does some of those things he was saying or what he really says on his YouTube page. Yeah. He's really out there helping people. Yeah, I think he was terrific. I think that's, again, it like shows a different side of that lifestyle is that the fact that someone can pull out a phone and just show you, like, here's this guy who speaks to us, who, like, wants us to live better. and But his speech is literally what I was just yelling about. So I guess it's not unearned. The movie's not, no, no moment in the movie is unearned because he literally says, capitalism screwed us. Wait, so now you're they taking it all back? Our- you're taking back everything that you... <laughs> Just as now that I remember that character exists, I forgot that he's the face of like 
viral content for them. Mm-hmm. And I start to think like, well, it's weird that some of them have cell phones and they can watch this guy's podcast, mm-hmm. basically. And then when they meet him, they're having communal, they're basically having like a form of mutual aid where they're all just helping each other and bartering and living in like a f- completely free society where they take care of each other. And he says the reason we had to do this is because the, the the wheels are off and like capitalism screwed us. So it is like a, I mean, it's certainly a socialist agenda that that guy has. I don't know about Francis McDormand, but Francis McDormand, it's like weird to think about like, oh, there's like actors in here who go to spas and shit. And then also like... <laughs> play act being poor i mean like how can you how can you actually respect a movie about, uh, well, you know i just, I just, I just, I just about poor people I was like wow this woman's a multi-millionaire and she's just like hanging out with these people <laughs> with legit I, i'm so sure she's i'm i get the sense that francis mcdormand is the most authentic like genuine human being and it was actually touched by these stories and like the way that she explains it on that podcast yeah. it sounds like she was so excited to like, meet them she yeah. was very excited yeah. to meet them and that, and that you know what i mean like as a liberal person who has a job and reads a lot that is sort of the only window for me to like i can read about the way people live in this country and it will open a window to be like oh right i am very privileged mm-hmm. <laughs> and you could you could just sit on that information and just like go home and you know, be like, oh, that was deep, and I was moved. Mm-hmm. Francis McDormand helped make a movie about sure. it, so it's yeah, it's all good. I don't mean to like yeah. bash it, like it's like <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> unless unless Amazon produced it, if Amazon produced it, then this movie sucks, <laughs> and I hate it. And how dare they? But I don't think they did. So yeah, I don't think they did either. Yeah, they might be distributing it. I don't know. <laughs> it's on Hulu. There you go. It's not on Amazon Prime. So. <laughs> there you what? go. That would have been devastating. <laughs> I would have been like, oh, I'm watching this on Prime? I would have cried. Propaganda, yeah. <laughs> Prime Aganda. Prime Aganda. Anyway, it's a great movie, and I also hate it. And <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I was thinking that at the end. It was one of those movies that you, I, lo- I really am glad I watched it. I thought it was wonderful, <laughs> but like I never want to watch it again. You wanna, know what I mean? Like, I never want to. I never want to hear from this movie again. Yeah. <laughs> it was great. Just <laughs> well, that about wraps up this episode. <laughs> I'm I'm sorry. No, I apologize. No, this was great. Our best yeah. episode yet. <laughs> Yeah, I think we knocked it out of the park. Cassie, you want to do your, uh, the ratings that you like to do? Yeah. Um, let's see. Like I said, I, I really was going for a solid nine, but then it started to drag, and then she pooped in a bucket, which I don't think was necessary. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to get really specific. I'm going to say like 8.75. Yeah, 8.75 broken dinner plates out of 10. <laughs> nice <laughs> very good uh i'm gonna i'm gonna give it nine a terrifying twenty three hundred dollars cash in an envelope uh, out of ten <laughs> <laughs> i was i kept thinking she's gonna get that money stolen why didn't she just venmo it to her yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna give it 4.25 amazon stars 
Out of ten? No, out of five. Oh, Amazon goes by five. Out of ten here. I know, but I'm like, doing the Amazon. I'm doing the Amazon. Yeah, the Amazon I got yeah. No, no, no. I'm I'm giving it an eighty-five percent Rotten Tomato. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it has flaws, but it's worth. I think everybody should see it. Anyone who's listening to this should see it and mm-hmm. tell me if I'm crazy. All and, seven uh, of you. There you go. I hope it's not. I just I hope it's not a it's not a bad thing to watch. Yeah. It's a it's a good thing to watch. Mm-hmm. And they did it doesn't fail as a movie. I think it's it's good. There you go. And uh, it'll probably win Best Picture. I think it's won a bunch of Oh I, well then I'll be mad. <laughs> then I'll be mad about it. But listen, come let me come back and talk about promising young woman and I'll <laughs> just that that gets that gets four out of ten. For oh. sure. <laughs> How just a, dare you? Just terrible. How terrible movie. dare you? <laughs> Woo. Woo, so bad. We are not having this conversation. I w- I'll I spend another offended. hour talking to you. I'm good. I, I hope I, I hope I'm the only person you've met who thinks this because it's bad. <gasps> Josh, where did you find this guy? <laughs> <laughs> well. I, I I do admit I like people who don't uh, fit in everywhere, so I will say that. <gasps> it's making more and more sense that you found him wandering the streets of New York. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, Just standing outside of movie theaters. This sucks! <laughs> I told you they'd yell about directors, yell about the plot. They yelled about the act and hope they let the guests talk, but mostly Josh and Cassie. 